Hello everyone and welcome back to Aramachique. Let's talk about the most magical place in Europe. I'm Eric and yes, today Niels from At Capturing Disney Parks and I will be chatting all about the most gorgeous, interesting and unique Disney details. Niels, it's so, so great to have you back. Hi Eric, great to be back uh, too. And uh, let's start this right away. Oh my gosh, yes. You guys, we've survived the D23. So much has been announced, especially for Walt Disney World and the company's other divisions. The biggest news I think we got for Disneyland Paris was the new concept art for the new Spider-Man attraction coming to Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, right? Let's start off with the concept art that looks like a pre-show setting. Spider-Man is in a very busy lab workshop type setting with a blackboard behind him and a bunch of little robots aka spider bots that appear to crawl out behind him from the blackboard. It looks like a very dynamic setting. We now also have the traction story. So Spider-Man has taken up residence in WEB or the Worldwide Engineering Brigade. And Peter has been experimenting with these new technologies in the Stark Industries sponsored property. Peter has apparently invented a spider bot that was intended to be used for target practice. But alas, something went wrong, and the spider bot has replicated itself. Not only that though, but it started to run loose across the city. So this is where we, to say, the park goers come in to help Peter catch all the spider bots that have run amok. What about that Spider-Man though? What do you think, Niels? Mutant technology, aka Fancy Pepper's Ghost, cool animatronic, or just an actor in a costume? Well, I don't think it will be an actor. <laughs> yes, it will be, well, cost-heavy uh, for Disneyland Paris. Yeah. And, well, uh, also maybe not that consistent if different people uh, play Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. But uh, cool animatronic definitely would be an option, I guess. But I was even thinking about a screen, some yeah. kind of screen that is, well, uh, surrounded by props to, well, make it look 3D, but actually still being a screen. So mm -hmm. different possibilities there. Most definitely. Yeah, it's just I thought of Universal Studios, which loves using Mutant technology for like Harry Potter, where it appears like the actors are working in a 3D space, but really it's just right. projected and then reflected on a big plexiglass pane. Yeah, I know. We'll see. We'll see. I thought about an actor, honestly, because in the new Frozen and the Animation Celebration building, they'll be using live actors. So I was right. like, maybe they'll just put like some dude in a costume with like a just speaker voice over and he'll just be <laughs> gesticulating all around. But I think for me personally, the coolest thing would be an animatronic because I mean, who doesn't love a good animatronic, yeah, right? I love them. <laughs> I think we need more. Yeah. They tore the old Armageddon building down, but the setup of the screen to the right hand side of the stage where Spider-Man is standing on. It's really giving me some serious flashbacks to the Armageddon pre-show because it was set up pretty much the same way. <laughs> Minus Spider-Man. Right. <laughs> Taking a closer look at the screen, we can see a graphic of what looks like it could be a ride vehicle with the words Web Slinger appearing beside it and below it. So that's probably the, the ride vehicle's name, Web Slinger. I like it. Yeah, they're pretty cool. So the robot spiders climbing all over the place. It appears as if they've even made it into the ventilation system in the concept art. If Disney figures out a way to make them move and not just, you know, hang around statically, which I'm sure they will, that would be super amazing and a major improvement over the Hong Kong Ant-Man and the Wasp nano battle attraction, which to me personally has always felt just a bit static because they also have a similar concept with the little robots, but they just... They don't move. They don't move, you guys. They don't move. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle is pretty much Buzz Lightyear's dark ride shooter type attraction, but with Marvel Heroes theming. 
Other than that, I mean, it looks like it has a lot of potential. I seriously hope Disney delivers on it. And also, WTF Sony for revoking the Spider-Man <laughs> movie rights from Marvel. Yeah, that's uh, a pity. Uh, poor yeah, Tom Messing Holland. up the whole uh, Marvel uh, cinematic universe. <laughs> it was going so well. Yeah. It was going so well. <laughs> He <laughs> was like the next Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yeah. And the second piece of concept art appears to be an on-ride photo of the attraction. First things first, though, what got me super excited about this is that it looks like the riders are shooting the spider webbing, not with a gun-like device, but just straight up with their wrists. I mean, I love this idea. It would add something completely new to the dark ride shooter landscape. I mean, tracking people's wrists and then... Yeah, it would be so really cool. cool. Yeah. Also, the folks in the vehicle are wearing what appears to be 3D glasses, so it's very likely this will be a 3D virtual experience using screens, much like in Toy Story Mania. But honestly, how else will we do it? <laughs> At least in comparison to Hong Kong, our targets will definitely be highly reactive and dynamic, which is exciting and very reminiscent yeah, of, like I mentioned before, Toy Story Mania, which is a massive success in all the parks where it exists. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. I mean, who doesn't love a good interactive attraction, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's really fun as you have a competitive element and uh, indeed it's interactive. Uh, there's a lot uh, to see. So yeah, yeah, it's really entertaining. Are you really good at it, Niels? Because I suck like i always lose <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not a champion but well i, I pretty I decent pretty decent yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> nearby the spider-man meet and greet as well as the raining umbrella photo location inspired by the french film the umbrellas of Cherbourg, or oh my gosh let me get this right le parapluie de Cherbourg have been completely <laughs> removed you know, I count myself amongst the guilty that has always thought it was from the Singing in the Rain movie, so shame on me. I'm ignorant. <laughs> I'm educating myself though, you guys, I promise. So The Umbrellas of Sherbrooke is a 1964 musical romantic drama film directed and written by Jacques Demy, and it features some truly iconic songs, you guys. If you ever feel like watching an old nostalgic French film, be sure to give it a look. It's, it's pretty good. In more positive news, the Paris Avengers campus will receive an Ant-Man meet and greet, which is which is really awesome. I mean, who doesn't want to meet Ant-Man? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a lot of people, well, want to meet the character, so definitely, it's good that they already announced it. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, honestly, from the Marvel universe, they've got so much to choose from, right? So it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they they can change characters every uh, well week. Most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. <laughs> We've also got some new details surrounding the updated Tower of Terror experience that will be debuting on September 28th in Walt Disney Studios Park. So we're getting three new stories, one for each of the elevator shafts with brand new effects. And the best thing is the upgrade will not impact the operations. So no closures or refurbishments. It's just going to get right into it. <laughs> it feels pretty much like they're installing a software update like yeah. you would on your iPhone or computer, right? Yeah, they just reprogram it and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, just let's go. And of course, we'll finally be getting the random drop sequences. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to get kind of stuck on the Tower of Terror once to really just see how it works and be evacuated from the thing. I know that's kind of super scary, but still, I think it'd be so cool to see like a kind of a behind the scenes experience of the attraction. Okay, yeah, well, I'm not dropping in, <laughs> but uh, I just chicken out. Understandable, <laughs> but, understandable. <laughs> but if you want to have the behind the scenes peek, they do offer a, a guided tour dedicated to the Tower of Terror. Ah. It's a paid tour, but yeah, you can book that from the studio services and City Hall and the other park. Oh, so cool. I didn't even know about that. Nielsie always have the best tips, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tip, yeah. <laughs> 
In event news, Disneyland Paris is getting a full on Frozen celebration that will premiere on January 11th and will run until May the 3rd. This four month season has a bunch to offer you guys. Cute food, a new parade float, a new lake show, so exciting. And of course, the new Frozen experience in the animation celebration building that will be premiering November 17th with an Olaf meet and greet. Now, the lake show will be happening on Lake Disney, which is actually outside of the parks in front of the Hotel Newport Bay Club by Disney Village. Can't wait to see what they do here. By the looks of the teaser image, it appears to involve fireworks. I mean, which is always awesome, right? Yeah, it would be really cool to have, well, multiple shows at the resort, yeah. Definitely, and honestly, I'm not even sure, but do you know if they've ever used Lake Disney for a show like that? I can't remember. They use it for the... I think it's called the bonfire celebrations. Ah, so that's ah, okay. I, okay. I think it's in October or November, just mm-hmm. a couple of days. But that involves lights, lasers, music. Oh, so cool! And some fireworks. So, so if you're staying at Newport Bay Club and facing the front, you'll have like a prime seating of the show. Yeah. Well, it's such a nice space. I'm glad they use it. Yeah, that would be a perfect spot indeed to uh, to watch it. Yeah. Oh, and the refurbishment of the animation celebration Magic Mickey hat <laughs> is complete and it's looking very fresh. It's nice. Yeah. In shopping news, a pop-up shop has opened up in Disney Village. La Maison du Savon de Marseille sells soap and lavender products from the province. Just something for the summer, maybe? Or perhaps a test for Disney Village 2.0? Only time can tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Over in Park Disneyland, Dumbo the Flying Elephant has opened back up to the public and looks fantastic. So be sure to check out the new dazzling LED lights they installed in full darkness, which are so colorful. So yeah, many those look really cool on the pictures. So um, need to see that one time. Yeah. Without much of a warning, walls have appeared on the Emporium side of the entrance of Dapper Dan's haircuts. So that's the barbershop that used to be there. It's expected to be moved and expanded and kind of merged in some way with the Liberty Arcade diorama. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. <laughs> I think Dapper Dance is pretty cool. I mean, it's really unusual for a theme park to have a place to get your hair cut, but how awesome is it? Because it's just so unconventional and creative. Yeah, and it really fits Main Street too. Well, definitely make it like an actual street <laughs> where people live. And uh, yeah, most definitely. Usually we don't talk about other park news on Air Magique, but this relates indirectly to our wonderful construction zone park Walt Disney Studios. So Tokyo Disney Sea has announced that their version of Fantasmic will end its run this March. What does this have to do with us? Well, there's a persistent rumor floating around right now that Fantasmic from Japan may make its way over to Walt Disney Studios Park in Paris once the park's new lake premieres. Now, I for one love the version in Tokyo Disney Sea, you guys. It's awesome. It's super different from the one in the American parks because it works with a 360 type LED screen and it kind of looks like a pyramid or or more of a, like a wedding cake because it's stacked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you see the awesome footage from the different movies, just like you would in the regular Fantasmic. Around the lake, you've got fire, colorful floats, just all the wonderful effects you would expect from Fantasmic. Just the setup of the stage is a little bit different. So that's very exciting. We'll yeah. see if this rumor turns out to be true. I hope it does. Yeah, let's hope we get something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't even be mad if it's not Fantasmic directly, but an original show, everything's fine. Yeah, that would, that would be even better, maybe. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More unique features for Paris. Yeah, definitely. We need some of those. Yeah. yeah. Well, with the new Frozen Land, well, I guess it's opening in Japan too, but still, at least 
it's kind of unique. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Although I heard that the Frozen ride will be probably a version of the Disney World one. So, yeah. But they don't have a full Frozen land with the castle. So <laughs> it's still That's different. That's true. Yeah. We get a whole ice yeah. castle. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. It's a nice photo opportunity. Exactly. So, Neil, since the last time we spoke, you've been on a fantastic trip to Walt Disney World. Coming back to Disneyland Paris, fresh off the boat, <laughs> so to say. What were the most notable distinctions between the two resorts? I mean, what's going through your head right now about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, the size of Walt Disney World. Uh, it, it keeps me amazed. As, well, it's so huge. Uh, it, it's like the size of San Francisco. And for those who don't know Walt Disney World, it houses four theme parks, yeah. two water parks, I think more than 25 hotel resorts, each with swimming pools and lots of activities. So it's not just a place to sleep. Crazy. They have three miniature golf courses, the ESPN White World of Sports, a huge shopping and entertainment district called Disney Springs. So that's the far bigger version of Disney Village. A smaller entertainment area, the boardwalk, a golf bar, and also the transportation network. It's, it's, it's so amazing. They have more than 400 buses. They have monorails, boats. It's an entire city. <laughs> it's a city, indeed. And well, that's a true difference compared to Disneyland Paris. That's a perfect destination for a couple of days or even a day if you don't have that much time. But uh, Walt Disney World, yeah, it's so big. It's really a vacation destination, in my opinion. So you could easily stay there <laughs> a week or Definitely. even longer like we did. We stayed there for two weeks and, well, that's actually perfect. <laughs> Best time ever. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, so we have time to, well... Enjoy. See everything, but also to sleep in and, well, hang around the pool and um, make it a real vacation. That's the biggest difference, I think. But also the service-minded cast members, well, something always coming back. <laughs> I'm not saying that Disneyland Paris cast members aren't friendly, as I definitely met some very service-minded, enthusiastic, friendly cast members there. But at Disney World, almost everyone seems to go that extra mile for you. When walking from my hotel room to the food court, just around the corner, to get some breakfast, to eat in the room, multiple cast members greeted me every time I went there. Oh, so nice. Yeah, so, well, you don't have to ask them something to get the interaction. <laughs> and lots of them inside the food court asked me if they could help me, uh, just as a proactive question. Makes you feel really welcome as a parkour. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. When I ask one day um, for some plain yogurt in the grab-and-go shop instead of the strawberry-flavored one that they had on the shelves, then the manager came to me and he went in the kitchen of the food court. He put some plain yogurt in an ice cream <laughs> cup and gave it to me for free. So yeah, that surface, they know how to do it. And uh, those well, little things make a true difference and really can make your holiday. <laughs> so in that sense, I think Disneyland Paris can still learn uh, a lot from them. Definitely. I mean, that already sounds like a highlight. Yeah. But do you have another trip highlight that <laughs> springs to mind? <laughs> Definitely the highlight of the whole trip for me was Flight of Passage in Animal Kingdom's uh, Pandora, the world of Avatar. Oh, yes. As I didn't had a chance to do it when I was there at Walt Disney World last year. And last year, I only saw waiting times of about three hours, wow. so we skipped it. But this year I conquered, I think, two, yeah, two fast passes. Nice. For it, with some smart fast pass planning <laughs> up front. 
uh, and I was a bit nervous as I didn't know what to expect in terms of well intensity of the ride as I'm not really into the well the big drops and, and high speed roller coasters but definitely was intense but in a different way but it was so beautiful and it was such a realistic experience it was well the absolute <laughs> highlight for me <laughs> and as my wife didn't use her second fast pass I took her magic band and wrote it once more. So I had the opportunity to do it three times nice. in those two weeks. So yeah, that was really, uh, really cool. But for those of you who never went on Flight of Passage, it's a flight on the back of a banshee, some kind of alien dragon over an amazing moon called Pandora, known from the Avatar movie by uh, James Cameron. And you sit on, well, some kind of motorbike leaning forward to get the realistic feeling of flying on the dragon's back. And you can even feel him or her, I'm not sure, <laughs> breathe. So that's, yeah, that's a really cool effect. And there are actually three floors of, well, Banshee motorbikes hanging in front of, well, a huge movie screen. And the full floor with all the motorbikes makes moves, big drops. While the picture and the 3D effect, as you also have 3D goggles on, that that will create an even more intensive experience, completed by some water and sense effects. So, yeah, it's a perfect four and a half minute flight <laughs> and if you're familiar with the soaring attractions then well it's like that but far more modern more advanced it's like the science fiction version of soaring on steroids <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was definitely uh, my uh, my highlight oh so cool i hope that someday in the future we'll also get a soaring type attraction and i say type because i'm totally open to it being from any IP or something completely new, but I love that concept with that huge dome-like screen and you feel so immersed. Yeah. And jumping back to Japan for a second, Tokyo Disney Sea just got their first version of soaring and yeah. it looks gorgeous. I mean, just Indeed. incredible, yeah. right? Detail, the building itself. The movie is pretty much the same as it is in the American parks, except for the final scene. Mm -hmm. However, that whole space, cause it's like a flight museum, I think is the theme and ugh, incredible, yeah. incredible. Yeah, it looks really beautiful. So details at Disneyland Paris, you guys, there are so many details in every Disney park, but Disneyland Paris truly has an exceptional amount of detailed theming and design elements. It's crazy. Really no other park besides maybe Tokyo Disney Sea, here we are again, can compete. Niels and myself have picked our top five favorite odd, fun, interesting, beautiful, you name it, we've got them, <laughs> details to keep an eye out for and think about while you're visiting the parks. Oh, and by the way, you guys, these details are in no particular order, so I guess um, we love all of them equally. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to, well, put them in an order indeed. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely. Niels, do you want to get this party started with one of your first favorite details? Sure. Yeah, well, let's say my number five <laughs> um, is uh, a detail that is missed by many people. I've posted this detail on my Instagram back a while, and I got a lot of comments directly messages in return from people who never spotted it before even though they well visit the park uh, frequently and this detail is actually pretty big so what is it it's a rocks egg on oh. the adventureland bazaar towers you can see it when you're approaching adventureland from central plaza the main hub in front of the castle just look to the top of the far left tower of the bazaar and you will spot it but what is a rock you, <laughs> you might uh, ask so why is it X so huge? Because the rock is an well, enormous mythical bird from the 1001 Nights Tales. So 
that's actually the theming of the whole main entrance area of Adventureland. So it's perfectly fits there. But so cool. Yeah, it's just something people just don't spot. No, yeah. <laughs> so look for it next time. I count yeah. myself among those. I never noticed that until you posted that picture. So I'm so thankful that you did because <laughs> it's such a cool, cool detail. Yeah, it oh is. My gosh. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to take it over to Walt Disney Studios Park here for a second. So, <laughs> my details are all super weird, by the way, you guys. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> the detail pertains to one of our exclusive attractions, which is Crush's Coaster. Now, next to the wait time display by the entrance of the attraction is a miniature ride vehicle, and it's just spinning around on top of one of the themed planks. Yeah. <laughs> this is my all-time favorite letting folks know what they're about to experience type detail. <laughs> the brilliance of this is that you get the, the gist of the attraction without having to read any of the signage. Yeah, yeah, this is pure visual communication at its finest. And let's face it, you guys, it's essential with parkgoers visiting from all over the world. Taking a closer look at the miniaturized vehicle, it's super detailed. One might spot a hidden Mickey. So <laughs> on the t-shirt of one of the riders in the vehicle is a Mickey Mouse. So... <laughs> It's really hard to catch though because the thing is moving and spinning and it's got a good pace. So. <laughs> <laughs> just ask them to stop it for you for a while. Yeah, can you just, you know, just, yeah. just poke it or something? I need to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's really cool indeed. Yeah. And especially for a ride that is, well, all inside, it's great that you, uh, well, it's not all inside, but uh, most of it is inside. So. I mean, for the exterior part, the vehicle is not spinning yet, right? No. So no, it's, it's exactly. locked in place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you have motion sickness, you're warned. <laughs> <laughs> so next detail, the sounds of Main Street USA. So I'm not talking about the music, which is great too, of course, but Main Street USA has something more special to offer um, to keep your ears open. As the Imagineers added quite some beautiful audio details to some of the streets buildings. And well, uh, I'll just name two of them, <laughs> but you can find more <laughs> ear candy uh, yourself. So uh, head over to Victoria's Homestyle Restaurant. It's not just a great place to grab a specialty coffee or a homemade milkshake. But when you stand outside the building's main entrance, you can hear someone brushing teeth in the bathroom. It <laughs> <that> is apparently <laughs> situated on the upper level of the restaurant. And another detail can be found on the other side of Main Street, next to the Main Street Transportation Company building, which is located on Town Square near the main entrance. There's a dentist school on the upper level, and the building has some funny quotes on it, oh, but so you also cool. have to listen, <laughs> as you can hear that poor patient. <laughs> Open your ears and well, have a different look at the Main Street buildings. It's uh, really cool. Borderline horror, that last one. Yeah. <laughs> For Halloween, they should just turn it up a notch. <laughs> yeah, it's not really Disney, but... <laughs> uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so on Big Thunder Mountain, the second lift hill scene, I absolutely adore this cute animatronic goat that appears to be munching on some Myers garments. I mean, it's just eating away at them. <laughs> Not only is this absolutely hilarious, but it's such an unexpected element on the attraction. And I mean, there's really so much immersion going on here yeah. with the mules, the steam machines, the, the themed structures, the buildings, the houses. I mean, you really have to rewrite Big Thunder Mountain several times to appreciate yeah. the love and care that went into the set design. 
Not only that, but a lot of the machinery on display on the attraction is completely original. It was acquired by the Disney prop department and brought to Europe for Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, that's really cool. And sometimes they say Disneyland is not a museum, but in this case it is. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. I mean, it's so authentic. It's literally real. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And actually those goats are so realistic. There were people after the big refurbishment a couple of years ago who (laughs) reported that Disney shouldn't use real animals so So that's a big thump up for the Imagineers seriously those designers they put so much detail and love into each of these animals you could mistake it for taxidermy I guess or or, yeah yeah, it's, it's crazy so let me take you to Sir Mickey's Boutique, which is in Fantasyland, close to the carousel. From the outside, you see a huge beanstalk growing through the window, which already looks fantastic. And a lot of people well, have seen that. But now go inside and also look up to see the beanstalk growing to the inside through a window. But watch closely as you also find uh, a brave Mickey. Uh, But that's not all, as you can also see the giant, I believe his name is Willie, (laughs) watching Mickey from the roof window. So be sure to keep your eyes open as there are some little details inside the boutique that refer to the classic Mickey shorts. Uh, Mickey and the Beanstalk and also Brave Little Taylor. So uh, pretty cool. Those are so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what an excellent detail. I love that. Also, I've never noticed it before. So oh, I really? have to keep oh, my eyes out Look for, for it. it next time. Yeah. There are even some other small things on the walls that just refer to Mickey being a tailor. So uh, especially the giant and the Beanstalk and the Mickey on the ceiling is really cool. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Well, then, since we're talking about shops, I'm going to keep it going with some fabulous designed shops at Disneyland Paris. You've got fantastic sculptures like Mickey and his balloon over in the world of Disney and the gorgeous custom interiors like the arches of the Boutique du Château, which is located inside the castle. It's incredible. But one detail that has always really stood out to me was the three fairies from Cinderella hovering in the chimney of La Confiserie de Trois Fées. These looks like they've been taken straight out of the movie Cinderella. Fully animated. It's really, really nice. Now, the illusion is achieved by means of Pepper's Ghost, which is basically pacing a place of glass or plexiglass at an angle to reflect a cleverly hidden screen in the top of the chimney, which makes it appear as if the fairies are hovering in the three-dimensional space of the chimney. I mean, they're just being their bibbity bobbity magical selves up in there, fluttering <laughs> <laughs> their wings and wands. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, it, just, it makes me feel like a kid again, yeah. that one. <laughs> it's just behind the counter, right? Yeah, yeah. It's right behind the cash register. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can't reach them. <laughs> no. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> so my next detail, well, we need a little bit more time for that. <laughs> uh, it, it just deserves some more explanation. So sit back and relax. Uh, this is not a tiny hidden detail uh, to look for in a specific place, but it actually covers all of Fantasyland. So the detail is that the Disneyland Paris version of Fantasyland is an homage to Europe. The Walt Disney Imagineers put a lot of effort into that to make it work for European guests. So next time when you're visiting Disneyland Paris, look for all the detailed European choices and references uh, in Fantasyland. Just as a note, not everything in Fantasyland is 100% European, but a lot of the original opening day attractions and restaurants are. I'm not talking about the later editions like Meet Mickey Mouse, the Storybook, Land Canal Boats, Casey Jr. and the Princess Pavilion. But most of the other stuff is somehow related to Europe. So Fantasyland begins with a beautiful Sleeping Beauty castle, of course, the landmark of the park. 
And that is already an homage to the park's home country, France. As Imagineers chose Aurora as the princess who lives there, since the, the classic film of Sleeping Beauty is located in France as well. And the story is also written by a French storyteller, so that well, made sense to <laughs> give her a castle here. <laughs> the castle itself, it looks really gorgeous, of course, but they have also some magical design elements from the film, but also borrowed from real French castles. And another reference here are the French snails on the castle's golden towers, referring to the French cuisine. So look up <laughs> and you can spot them on the golden towers only. Cinderella, that well, other French princess, has her own restaurant just behind the castle, which is called Auberge de Cendrillon. So another uh, French love your name here. But so much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I did my very best. <laughs> but besides France, there are more European countries represented. A piece of Italy could be found on the east side of Fantasyland in the form of the ice cream shop uh, Gelati Fantasia, Fantasia, I guess. But also the um, Bella Not restaurant. The Bella Not building for sure looks Italian, but it's also a bit tilted to one side, like the leading tower of Pisa. So there's another reference to Italy. Oh, so cool. Yeah. And the restaurant also serves Italian-inspired quick service menus with uh, pizza, pasta, lasagna. They really try to keep it in style somehow. The interior of the restaurant is also themed after an Italian-inspired movie, uh, which is Lady and the Tramp. Sometimes you can even spot Pinocchio, well, also an Italian boy, for a meet and greet with his father uh, Gebetto in, just in front of the restaurant. So they really try to keep <laughs> Italy uh, together there. <laughs> also, the street music playing over there sounds, well, uh, Italian, at least to me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when talking about music, Bella Not is the song from Lady in the Tramp. So uh, it's another reference uh, hidden there. Oh, <laughs> it's so nice. a beautiful night. Under the European roots of uh, Pinocchio, he also got his own classic dark ride on the castle courtyard. So Italy uh, has another place, uh, Fantasyland. <laughs> so after you exit the ride, Pinocchio, there's a shop named La Bottega di Geppetto, I guess. <laughs> it's a fully Italian name, so I probably pronounced it uh, wrongly, but well, they did it on purpose to make it feel more Italian and uh, to pay an homage to Italy. And to stay with this wooden boy, there's a restaurant themed after him too, Au Chalet de Marionette, which is a counter service restaurant with a diral style interior and an exterior, which is not really Italian maybe um, <laughs> at first sight, but it's matching the Alpine outfit from Pinocchio. So yeah, it perfectly fits. And the restaurant also had some matching uh, Bavarian style items on the menu. So uh, it's really well <laughs> made uh, decision uh, to, uh, to do it this way. Very true, yeah. Another European fairy tale is set in Germany, which is Snow White. And she also got her own dark ride, just like her wooden friend from Italy <laughs> on Castle Courtyard. And the exterior of Snow White's building looks pretty German. Well, at least in my opinion, but maybe you can judge that better, uh, Eric. <laughs> oh yeah, totally, totally true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's a traditional kind of a design that you might find in small German villages yeah. or an, an homage to it at the very least. So yeah, it definitely fits nicely. Yeah, and well, from your home country, uh, we go to mine. So the old mill in the back of Fantasyland, just before uh, the later added area with the storybook candle boats and uh, Casey Jr. It's a beautiful reference uh, to the Netherlands. It's based on the old silly symphony short of the same name, and it houses a coffee and snack uh, stand at the moment. But it used to be an attraction for 
a couple of years. Oh, yes. It was so cute with people riding around in those little yeah, buckets. It was like <sighs> a, well, a really low capacity Ferris wheel. But uh, yeah, but once it was an attraction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so furthermore, we have the UK represented all over the place uh, with Peter Pan's flight where you fly over London. English author Lewis Carroll's famous Alice in Wonderland, of course, with uh, Mad Hatter's teacups, but also The Labyrinth. And usually you can meet some characters from uh, that animated classic too over there. So um, yeah, pretty uh, in style. Mr. Toad of Toad Hall is one of the main characters from The Wind of the Willows, a novel by Scottish writer. Mr. Toad never got his own ride at Disneyland Paris, but there is a fish and chips restaurant named after him uh, next to the Fantasyland station. So the funny thing is, and I believe I heard that in a Dutch Disney podcast uh, called Details, that the UK-based attractions and restaurants are somewhat separated from most other European elements by water, like the sea, like the actual (laughs) (laughs) UK. So maybe just a coincidence, or maybe it's a really cool detail that the Imagineers uh, added. So uh, yeah, not sure. At least it's interesting um, (laughs) to investigate maybe a little bit more i love it so years later the meet mickey mouse building was added there uh, breaking the uk connection a bit between the alice in wonderland attractions and the mr toad restaurant but uh, well still there's a lot of uk in that area oh yeah and of course small world (laughs) covers a lot of european countries of course and (laughs) it's maybe the place where everything comes together so it was my number two detail so many cool details and and that one that one detail alone i love it oh my gosh give me everything give me everything (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's, it's actually a lot of details small details indeed but it's funny to see how it's well connecting europe uh, in fantasyland it's really incredible that they did such an amazing job with Fantasyland. I'm so happy it's back to its glamorous state after the refurbishment. I think there's still a little bit of work going on here and there, but mostly it's back and mm-hmm. oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's far more beautiful than, for example, the Walt Disney World version, uh, Definitely. which is more like big tents <laughs> with show buildings behind it. And um, yeah, this is uh, really feeling like a fairy tale. Guys, definitely keep an eye out for all those amazing details and concepts and just the ideas behind the way the land is set up while you're visiting Fantasyland next time. Now, heading over to Discoveryland, Buzz Lightyear's Laser Blast, it might not be the most detailed Disney attraction ever, but one thing that I absolutely adore is the fact that if you manage to get a score of 99999 <laughs> and take a photo of it with your phone or just show it to the cast member, you get a special Heroes Galactic or Galactic Heroes in English sticker as a reward for beating the high score. So this is absolutely adorable because not only do you get a surprise reward for for doing so well, it's also a bit of a hidden feature on a Disney attraction that only insiders know about or a cast member might surprise you. So kind of like a hidden bonus level in a video game, it just fits in so brilliantly since the attraction itself is pretty much a dark ride arcade game in itself being a shooter yeah. oh, just the consistency of it yeah, all so I, <laughs> I guess i have to uh, rip uh, a picture uh, from instagram from someone who uh, reached the high score yeah this is totally <laughs> mine show it on my phone. cast members like i've seen that picture 10 times already today sir yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah that's right yeah it's difficult to reach the high score but sometimes you you're in luck when the attraction is stopped for a while <laughs> yeah and if you're in the right spot uh <laughs> with a target uh, that uh, well, gets you a lot of points work. then. <laughs> <laughs> it might work out. 
So, well, my favorite detail at this moment, already for a while, my, well, all-time favorite detail is the story of Thunder Mesa in Frontierland. Ah, that's a it's, good one. Um, yeah, Frontierland is situated actually in a small wild west town. It's called Thunder Mesa. The town story perfectly connects the Frontierland attractions, restaurants, and shops. Uh, and a lot of guests don't really notice the Thunder Mesa sign when entering through the fort. Or don't have a clue of the detailed storytelling elements that hide behind the town's name. So let's dive into the story of Thunder Mesa. Well, at least the, the short version. <laughs> so <laughs> the fort I just mentioned is not just the nice entrance of Frontierland. It represents the first inhabitants of the town who built it uh, to defend themselves uh, against the attacks of a native tribe. Whose tipi tents you can see just outside the fort on the central plaza uh, site. And one of those tents even has uh, some smoke effects uh, sometimes. Yes. So that's cool. And the fort itself is also worth checking out. Uh, you can go up, enjoy the views, but also discover some great details, including the jails. Uh, when you enter through the fort, you see Tobias Northen on the right side. He opened uh, the very first store in town. But things changed when Henry Ravenswood uh, discovered gold in the mountain. And fortune seekers felt attracted to the town, which marks the train station and the Thunder Mesa river boats that are there, as a lot of people suddenly <laughs> wanted to go there. But natives told stories about a thunderbird protecting the mountain, but Henry didn't plan to leave the mountain uh, untouched. And he started the Thunder Mesa Mining Company. So Henry owned the beloved mine trains of the roller coaster ride we know as Big Thunder Mountain. And he became a really rich man. He built a beautiful mansion, including a cemetery, <laughs> on the hill that overlooked the town and, well, his mountain. So he lived there with his wife, uh, Martha, and his daughter, uh, Melanie. The town started to grow and more shops, saloons, and restaurants opened through time, like the upper-class restaurant called Silver Spar Steakhouse, the Lucky Nugget Saloon. And a simple place to eat and drink for the <laughs> Desperados <laughs> called uh, Last Chance Cafe. But on the other side of town, you can find uh, more restaurants like the Cowboy Cookout Barbecue, a big well, barbecue barn that the people of the town used for special celebrations. But one day, the Thunderbird legend became reality and a big earthquake was the result. Uh, Henry and Martha died and the mine was closed, but the Ravenswood family had their own family troubles. And even after the earthquake, strange things happened at the Ravenswood uh, villa. So people started calling it Phantom Manor, which is the haunted mansion as we know these days as a ride, where you can discover the dark secrets of the family. After all those happenings, the town no longer was a gold town, it became a farmer's town, just like it was in the old times. And this you can still see on the other side of Frontierland, uh, close to the train station, where you have the Cottonwood Creek Ranch. And a fun fact over there, they used to have a petting zoo there in the past, uh, which was called Critter Coral, I believe, but it's closed now. There was, well, something like an actual farm uh, over there. Yeah, that's it. It's, in my opinion, a perfect story worked out with many little details that you can spot when you're walking around, not just through the street, but also inside the buildings. And it makes Frontierland one of the, well, best themed lands for me. 
And uh, that's why it's my uh, number one detail of all time. Oh my gosh, that is such a good, that story is absolutely incredible. And yeah. I could almost imagine a movie being made out of it because yeah, it just definitely. has so much potential for, so if there's ever like a Western like revival going on, that, that <laughs> has a lot of potential for Disney, I think. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, it's a good idea. Maybe Disney is listening uh, to this podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> get on it, you guys, get on it. <laughs> yeah. now, I'm going to keep it in Frontierland here ah, cool so i mean the phantom manor which is disney on paris version of the haunted mansion the attraction itself is just has so many details we could do a whole episode on just the phantom manor details alone absolutely however one thing that really stood out to me just out of the box thinking because something so banal as a wait time who would ever consider such a thing well imagineers to you guys <laughs> so if there is pretty much little to no wait there will be a 13 minute wait time that's displayed yeah i mean that's such a stroke of brilliance because not only does it communicate the relevant information but also it communicates the theme of the attraction in the numbers themselves so yeah it's really cool also the shaky window panes that give the illusion of wind rattling the house is brilliant so sorry i cheated on that one i inserted a second detail there but still <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think the 30 minutes indication is just there since the renovation mm -hmm. and was borrowed from the hour of terror i saw that in disney world uh, too yeah but it works. It works so well. Yeah. Also, Tower of Terror, brilliant. I mean, also so many details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of nice attractions uh, full of details indeed. Uh, oh my gosh, Niels, we got through our top five. Ah, we made it. <laughs> and I guess we have a lot of backup details for, well, maybe another episode one day. <laughs> Definitely. I'm super, super surprised, you guys. We didn't talk about these no. beforehand, so this is just a super big coincidence <laughs> that none of our details overlapped. I was like, maybe like, okay, maybe we'll overlap here and there, but still, no, no, we got it completely awesome. Yeah. I love it. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Niels, thank you so, so much for joining me today and all of your awesome details and incredible insights into like just the the design and the ideas behind the Lance conception. Ugh, I love it. You guys, make sure to follow Niels on Instagram under at Capturing Disney Parks, where he posts amazing park pictures every day. On Twitter under at Cap Disney Parks, where he posts like really cool news and also gorgeous pictures and insights. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me again, Eric. I very much enjoyed recording this episode and well, would love to talk to you soon. We will, Niels, we will. Thank you again so much. If you have any questions regarding Disneyland Paris or you just like to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter under at Aramagique and on Instagram under the same handle. Please make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or whatever the platform of your choice is. And we would so very much appreciate it if you could leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. It does help out a lot. Thank you so much, you guys. Also, thank you to at Capturing Disney Parks, at ED92Live, and JimHillMedia.com, all of which are the excellent sources for the information compiled in this episode of the podcast. Thank you for joining me today. For Armagique, this is Eric. Have a great day. Bye bye. Bye bye. Armagique is an unofficial podcast made with love and is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. This episode is not sponsored. All promotional or advertised content will be clearly identified. <laughs>